Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. I'm recording. I am recording. Hi, good evening, Kathleen. Good evening, Philip. Welcome. Up Welcome Up back, top. ladies and gentlemen. This Welcome is back. Old Hollywood Realness, the podcast <laughs> celebrating all the glitz and or glamour of Tinseltown's golden era. Um, That's I'm right. Philip Estrada. And I'm Kathleen Nall. We're coming at you. Um, you know, it's and it's the evening time, so this is going to be a, like a mm-hmm. low-key podcast. So be forewarned. I am not as um, deeply caffeinated as I normally am. No, same here. <laughs> Yes. Um, so, Kathleen, how have you been? What's up? What's going on? Oh, man. Just, you know, working hard for the money. How about you? Yeah, make that monties. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm yeah, good. Yeah, but it, no, it's been good and en- enjoying the summer, really. It's been so nice here. So even though it's like I'm working, it's like I'm working long hours, but at the end of the day, like to go outside and it's beautiful. It's like I, I really can't complain. So. Mm hmm. How about I love you? The long hours. I love like I oh, love how too. light it, how light it stays. Like when it like oh me too. Seattle is Seattle's got some harsh winters, but like when before it hits the the solstice summer solstice, it's like light until like nine thirty almost ten o'clock. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's those specific Northwest summers are incredible. Like yeah, it's so. like sunrise at four a.m. <laughs> sundown yeah, at ten p.m. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then on the flip side, it's in winter. It's uh, sun up at 9 a.m. and sun down at 3 p.m. <laughs> it's all well and good before the darkness comes. Uh, now, <laughs> winter is coming, as they say, on a TV show that I've heard about. Um, anywho, see what's it? Um, I actually wanted to t- um, shout out that I went to um, the very first um, movie in um, Vincent Rosemary Keenan's film series that they're hosting. Woo-hoo. Isn't that That's awesome? That's so awesome. That's I wonderful. Spent the, I spent the beautiful Saturday um, uh, inside um, watching a movie, which was fantastic. We couldn't find a better way to do it. And um, <laughs> it's a film series they're doing here in Seattle. If you're in Seattle, I um, recommend going. It's every Saturday for the next eight, seven weeks. Um, and it's called Dress to the Nines, and they're hosting movies um, that have iconic costuming in it. And today they were fil- they were showing Singing in the Rain, which it was. Oh my gosh! What a way to kick off a film <laughs> series. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it was it was pretty spectacular seeing it on the big screen. So, yeah, and what a I great mean, summer movie too. It's just it, so uh, bright and so colorful, cool. and it's just it's yeah. literally one of the greatest films of all time. I mean, hey, what's much. not to love? <laughs> yes. So, and I got a little misty in a couple of numbers. You know, I was mm-hmm. like feeling them, feeling the feels. So it was great. I find, highly recommend it. So if you have, if you're in Seattle or Seattle adjacent, you know the neighboring areas or 
anywhere and you want to come see a movie, please go out. Um, they're going to be showing <laughs> such films as um, uh, Gilda. They're going to be showing The Women. They're going to be showing um, Ma- Mildred Pierce is next week, actually. So there's going to be some pretty uh, heavy hitters. So highly Gosh, recommend it. Mildred Pierce? So lucky. I, I would love to I see know, that on the right? big screen. Oh, my I gosh. I won't be able to see the next two because I'll be busy. I'm spending the next weeks of my life packing up this sh- apartment and moving to another apartment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, wee! Moving um, days and then upon the us. next week, I know, right? <laughs> um, and then the next weekend, I'm actually going to be um, on a work trip. So I'll be in out of the country so but it'll hey. be um but i'll be back in time to see the women on the big screen which i am not gonna miss i don't That's care so if i cool. have to murder everyone in my way so <laughs> <laughs> so that's my um plans for the summer anyway nice <laughs> as it were <laughs> so Kathleen, is there anything else you want to talk about before you we launch into this fantastic film? Um, gosh, uh, well, you're talking about things to do over the summer. Um, I'm going to go to Catalina Island for the day tomorrow, which is going to be really cool. Um, I'm very excited. I haven't been there oh. um, in many, many years, and um, I've been wanting to go. And I know that um, I want to go. <laughs> it's really cool. Look, next time you visit, we can do a day trip. It's it's really amazing. Oh, um, no. You know, you can do. Um, they have boats that go early in the morning and then come back later in the evening um, from different ports. And uh, it's it's just a really cool place to go. And um, it's still really historical. Like there's so many, so much on the island looks the way it's looked that way for almost 100 years. And so if you just want to bathe yourself in some gorgeous art deco, old Hollywood realness, <laughs> so beachy realness, it's like it's that little city is just amazing. Do. I know, right? And I know um, uh, since we're in the midst of our sexy uh, summer swimmer series, and it's basically our Esther Williams deep dive, um, she will also, there will be a special Esther Williams exhibit that will be coming up um, in the fall, uh, starting in September, and I think it goes through 2020 um, at the uh, museum there in Catalina. So I will definitely be going back to check that out, um, and uh, hopefully we'll be going together. (laughs) Ooh, maybe. I got some ideas. But we'll have to see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. So, <laughs> Kathleen, here we are with another movie, another installment of our Sexy Summer Swimmer series starring one Miss Esther Williams. Yes. Um, so, the movie that we are going to be talking about tonight is a Pagan Love Song from 1950, mm-hmm. um, directed by Robert Alton. Um, we have Esther Williams starring as Mimi Bennett, Howard Keel as ha- Hazard Endicott, Nina <laughs> Gombel as Kate Bennett, um, Charles Mao, M-A-U-U, as Tave, and Rita Moreno in her um, screen debut as Teru. Um, there are several several other um, under un- uncredited mm-hmm. uh um, actors, um, Ben Chapman for one, um, Marcel Corday, um, Alex Romero. Um, but the costumes are designed by Miss Helen Rose. That's right. And um, I believe, uh, I mean, you got, L- I mean, it's an MGM picture. Mm-hmm. So it's all the, um, you know, all your, um, all your favorites. You got uh, Arthur Freed as the producer and we've mm-hmm. got Cedric Gibbons doing the art direction. I mean, everybody's there. So yep. Kathleen, 
what is your history with this film and why <laughs> is this movie something that we had to watch? <laughs> well, okay. So <laughs> I, I actually don't, I don't really remember watching this per se growing up. I must have seen either clips of this movie or this entire movie on mute at a tiki bar at some point because there's definitely mm-hmm. parts that kind of seem familiar. Um, and again, uh, this movie is problematic at best. It was pretty cringy. I, <laughs> I, uh, I was, I was regretting suggesting to watch this about less than ten minutes into it when Howard Keel was like flipping the coin over and making her go like making yeah. the diving signal. And uh, I know also too, uh, guys. I know it's really hard. This is also a Howard Keel sans mustache movie. I know. No, I, it's really hard to watch. Just but try, on the flip side of that coin you. that he throws into the water, there's a lot of Howard Keel skin in this film. He's yes, there is. Well, itsy you bitsy, know. teeny tiny shorts, and his shirt is off in most of the scenes. And you know, yes. me being a, me um, being an aging queen who's sliding into his twilight years, <laughs> who's going to be wearing um, velvet loafers and you know chasing after young men. <laughs> I was well, I was happy about that. At oh the very no, least. I for was just, sure. Like, a shirtless Howard Keel? I was like, okay, well, he does some push-ups. So good it's, for him. it's definitely like on mute. Like when I watched the second time around, <laughs> I had it on mute. And I was like, you know what? This movie's pretty great because the plot and even um, what I did the first time I was watching it, and it was hard to, I was actually also reading or afterwards I read through uh, um, Esther Williams' autobiography, Million Dollar Mermaid, where she does talk about making mm-hmm. this movie. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I chose it, because I did remember it being kind of a stand-up point in her life, and then when this movie was made. um, And again, this was when when MGM in the late 40s decided for the kind of for the first time to these like on location kind of movies where they did, you know, on the town, and they did Fiesta, and then they've got this one. They're like, oh, we'll just... We'll just do this in Hawaii. And also, it's supposed to be Tahiti, but it was not possible to film there. So they did it in Hawaii. But even then, um, reading about it, and it sounds like Howard, both Howard Keel and Esther Williams have very corroborating stories about the making of this movie, um, that it was just like, it was really tough. And, you know, now we think about sort of stars, and I know, you, you know, stars were treated really well even then, but they were not treated well in the making of this movie at all. Um uh, Esther Williams was essentially thrown into being a stunt woman and almost lost her life. Um, at the same time, she found out she was pregnant for the second time. So, and then Howard Keel ended up breaking his arm during making this movie, which is why there's that really awkward bicycle scene where he's got the towel over his arm when he's, yeah. you know, when he's doing that. So it definitely was. It. I feel like it's a weird movie, but it also has these really amazing dance scenes and f- swim numbers and all that. And it was just really interesting to read about. Um, Mm -hmm. And also just reading about sort of how, you know, it was a time in Esther Williams' life where she really had to realize, like, if, oh, the only person who's going to watch out for me is me. (laughs) You know, like, I... I need to, you know, like protect myself. And um, and also at this point, too, I thought was really fun tidbit is that by this point, she was already getting um, already had her own swimwear line with Coal of California and was getting 5% cut on every bathing suit, I believe. Uh, good for her. So, yeah, which was something that, that um, licensing fee. And getting that cash money is because we all know back in the day, MGM, uh, you know, they would have, uh, she talks about in her book, like you just would see her face on like a lipstick ad or a perfume ad. You're like, oh, I I guess I did that, you know, but you didn't see any money. It was just part of the job to have your face kind of get used. You were, you know, your property. 
Um, so she talks about when she had to go to LB Mayer and essentially talk about this deal that she did with Cole of California and how he tried to flip out on her. But when she basically said, oh, yeah, well, all those swimsuits, um, I'll actually be able to get free swimsuits for my next picture. And so, like, you know, he loved that word free. And so that was kind of <laughs> what the brokering deals was like. He allowed her to do that and have that because she was essentially getting free costumes for her movies, for her swimmers, because if something she was at that point, she was kind of like um, kind of fit modeling and wear testing for Cole of California. And so if something worked for them, she was like, great, I'll order 20 of them for all my girls. And then they would be on in her next movie. Um, so that kind of stuff was really happening behind the scenes. But again, we don't know that much about there's so many, again, it's just really amazing things about her and about a lot of women at that time that were doing these like legit side hustles in addition to making these giant movies like huh. so crazy. But anyway, um, so that's kind of that was kind of what steered me to kind of selecting this movie. And then it just was a it was a wild ride watching this. And I was just like, oh, I'm sorry, Philip. <laughs> but there were some looks. <laughs> yes. Um, overall, I mean, it's not a terrible movie. It's just a, there are some cringe, cringy moments. And yes, and there it's I think what's interesting to look at is just um, the, one. This movie didn't really is it's hard to find actually photos of of like the, the filming of the movie, making oh. of the movie, or even just like photos of the costumes or mm-hmm. production stills or those sort of things. Not a lot has kind of like been digitized and stuff on the internet. So it is kind of one of those movies that sort of faded off into the, you know, the third, fourth tier films that maybe were just people just didn't seem to have that much interest in after it yeah. had come out. It was a box office success though. I mean, Isn't it was, the crazy? budget was, <laughs> I know the budget was almost $2 million and it made over 3.3 million. So, I mean, Jeez. it made its money back and apparently went over budget, like almost half a million. So, I mean, wow. For them to make this movie and just, you know, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a strange story. It I mean, the mm-hmm. story is kind of like, razor thin at best like the the plot yeah. is not you know it's not a um not a robust plot as no well, it, so. it isn't and and you that's know, something and, that um esther williams talks about again like laments again and again of how she's put in these movies oh, with yeah, just that's zero right. that plot was in that book, yeah. and um and yeah. and also too just um you know it's insulting to her too because it's, she's actually a decent actress you know and, and a decent yeah, singer they just don't does. give her these vehicles whatsoever they're just like get in the pool honey and like swim around it doesn't that was just never something they wanted to invest in her in. But yet it was right there. I mean, she really could do it all. Um, the other thing I thought, you know, being that this is the Sexy Summer Swimmer series, we, we did, it's not just Esther. We've got a lot of sexy swimmers in this movie. We've got some, um, we've got Howard Keel swimming, and he's pretty sexy. And we uh, yes, well, no. we've got her swimming with all the hot Polynesian dudes. We've got, <laughs> we've got some wonderful uh, backup swimmers for some of the uh, really cool, like, swimming scenes that she does where, like, the one where she takes her robe off, and they're all, they just come out like flowers. I mean, some of the work yeah. and the choreography is pretty amazing. Okay, that was, I mean, honestly, this whole <laughs> movie is a really worth watching only for, I mean, mostly for that final finale number, as it were. Like the yes. big production number of like her and her, you know, in her, you know, in her finery, as it were, or like, mm-hmm. you know, in her, you know, her, her, a, um, natural habitat, you know, yeah. which is basically <laughs> like it's flanked by women and she's like, diving through and it's like shot through plate glass so she could like you know do her thing and it's just it was really just quite 
Something to see. I'll tell you. It looks much. like she's um, swimming through the old set of the submarine ride at Disneyland. Like it's all like fake. Like she's in a yeah. <laughs> like she's Play in a fake grass. Fake, <laughs> fake. Yeah, she does look like an aquarium. And I actually really like the special effects I that they it. did at the beginning of that too, where she's sw- mm-hmm. swimming through the sky. Because I was like, I don't think I've seen anything like that in a movie from this era where they do that sort of superimposed like yeah. Um, like negative or those sort of like double um double exposures and stuff like that Mm -hmm. i thought it was really cool um and i mean she looked gorgeous in that scene and of course howard keel and howard keel wearing his teeny tiny uh, swim trunks um it looked you know well not too shabby i know (laughs) so uh, well you know i was gonna say that at the very (laughs) least there's that eye candy right yeah Well, and you know, I was going to say that's another reason why I I did actually feel okay and I chose this. I was thinking there were a couple of other movies that she did around this time. And I did shape actually another reason why was Howard Keel. Because she had done a movie before this. I think it was called Duchess of Idaho. And she worked with this guy. I want to say his name was like Johnny Johnson or something like that. But he was, I think he was going with Catherine Grayson. And it sounds like he was an absolute dirtbag. And then before that, she was oh. doing Take Me Out to the Ball Game with Gene Kelly, who... Just, you know, it's honestly what it is, is that she's she's such a strong, powerful woman that they just never gave her men that could measure up to her. But when Mm -hmm. she's with Howard Keel, it's fucking great. And also, like, I just feel like there's always as much as you hear about some of these guys being real dirtbags. I consistently always hear good things about Howard Keel. Doris Day always said it was great. Captain Grayson said he was great. Ann Miller, like, you know, like he just, I tell you, he was a hot nerd. Like, I just get this impression that he was kind of like this. He wasn't really like a... There's because I don't I can't find any like scumbag stories about him, you know. I love that. I like and like even in scumbags because that makes oh, me feel like something. Yeah, you're just like oh thank God. Well, yeah, <laughs> even the way she talks about it, she's just like oh you know, at least you know, like she just got off the heels of the Duchess of Idaho, and then she went to go do this. She's like, well, at least I'm with Howard Keel. Like like she knew it's like cool. Like it'll it'll be a good match. We'll be able to do this. He won't get weird. We'll be able to ham it up. It'll be a good. It's a good match. But I feel like that was the same yeah. thing like Doris Day had when she did Calamity Jane. So, you know, so right. R.I.P. Yeah. Howard Keel, you were fucking cool, yeah. and you're you're pretty cute. So, and that voice. <laughs> yeah. With or without I your mustache, know, right? we love you, you know? <laughs> I know. Every song, it's like every song that he sings, it's like the, that one song that he's singing to the kids and stuff, and it's like oh about manners and shit. It's like, I'm just like... I appreciate you giving it all your all for this song, but this song really does not require all your gravitas. You know, it's just like he's got that deep That's voice. All he knows how to do. You know, he's just like singing about like Dude. folding napkins and stuff, and I'm just like, dial it back, honey. Like it's no it's Howard just Howard Keel. He only knows how to come out as a as a ten. It's either it's either it's, it's called it's Howard Keel or nothing. Exactly. <laughs> My Even God. when he's humming, it's his humming is like opera. You know, you're like, what is going on? <laughs> Such a nut. Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, but I mean, on a, and you know, on a I guess a lighter note would be that um, Helen Rose is coming at you with her, um, mm-hmm. with her the best of the best with the tiki stuff. So that's oh cool. for like, sure. Her her costume design for this movie was pretty pretty dope. Like um, I thought so I, too. 
I mean, I don't know how much like research she really did for like to do a lot of the Polynesian things or like the Tahitian stuff, but I did also like that they had I I mean, and honestly, I don't know how anachronistic this is or even just like how much research they did into um, Tahitian cultures and stuff. So like what did they like the whole in um, how the how the island became like a family pretty much and how they sort of, I guess, shared children Mm -hmm. across the (laughs) with the single people. and They just pawned their children off. I didn't know if that was like actually true, but it was seemed, you know, nice <laughs> and it seemed well, like kind of in a you know respectful in a way to like kind of draw attention to that if that if that were true for the Tahitian people well I, I don't know about in the Tahitian culture but I was recently and I don't know how I, why I didn't know this sooner but like in the Hawaiian culture it's or in Polynesian it is matriarchal like the women are in charge uh, and yeah. so women or, ki- or kids are raised by like aunties so uh, there's that like you know uh like yeah it and, and that was kind of thing Right, right. And also just the women were the ones making the decisions and doing a lot of that, uh, you know, um, kind of running the household um, and, and doing cause sometimes like heavy lifting, like they were kind of equals in some ways. But uh, um, but I don't can I can't really see evidence yeah. in this movie by them putting that bathtub on the back of that older woman, which I was like, seriously, yeah. Yeah. you got two men. Can you carry that thing for her? <laughs> like, yeah, but apparently that. it's it's a uh, yeah, it's a matriarchal culture. And that was one of the things that like when the white settlers came, that was like that weirded them out. They're like, why? Like, you're going to let your woman do that. They're like, hey, she's in charge, you know, sort of like, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So, um, yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, that sounds pretty rad. I think it'd be really cool if I had a bunch of like aunties around me raising me and stuff. It'd probably be, you know, it's probably a good thing. Like you said, it's like it takes a village sort of situation. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, the looks were great. I also thought like um, Esther Williams outfits like her, I guess you could say her dry outfits. And when she's like at the garden party or hanging around, she has yeah. some really great little, uh, you know, quintessential like early late forties, early fifties, little fit and flare looks, which again, that's so Helen Rose. Like that is her, yes, you know, and really she did, is. you know, she was kind of known for like her bridal looks, but she, she just, that the lady, she was a dress queen. I mean, she mm-hmm. really, really knew how to make, and that was her era that, and her, that yeah, she loved us, her signature silhouette too. Like mm-hmm. her, that like fit and flare, like, yeah. like tight bodice, flared skirt, like all With maybe like a high neck skirt. and like layers, you know, it's kind of like mm-hmm. light layers. Like the, it's not that the, the dress itself was poofy or foofy, but you could tell it was very like one of my favorite looks actually is that plaid dress that she wears with, with, with of course like little yeah. lace up flats. Cause they can't put her in S rooms, anything but flats, but like, <laughs> but she looks so yeah. cute and I love it. And because at first it looks like it's stiffer than it really is. And when she moves the, the skirt is actually almost chiffon like, but it's like a solid plaid. Um, it's really yeah. pretty. And I thought it worked really well with being, that it's like she's wearing plaid, but she's on an island. You know, it's just very, you know, it was like the way the soft color and the soft fabrics and everything, I think, really worked with um, still having like those kind of like sharp 50s silhouettes, but in the really soft fabrics and colors, you know, and right. and uh, looking nice. And the hair, oh my gosh, everybody's hair was so on point, you know, with mm-hmm. the rolls and the tucks and the little, you know, like some, and then the older ladies had like finger waves and like really quaffed hair and everything, so... Yeah, it was good. I like I said, I I enjoyed it more on mute because there really isn't much of the story, and then the dialogue they are given is pretty weird and weedy. Um, yeah. So it's just visually, it's really interesting to see because again, being that it's in Technicolor, just to, it's like a window into this time, you know, and place. Um, that's really cool and has a like a real tiki vibe to it. So you know, 
was cool. Um, uh, yes, I did. I really liked a lot of the stuff that she wore um, when she was dry, as it were. Um, yeah. I also really loved that, like, um, I loved all of the the Hawaiian inspired and like island inspired prints as well. Like all oh, of those for vintage, sure. like I was seeing those vintage tiki prints and stuff were so love. Cool. Like, I know just all those like kind of like um, like I imagine that these were probably the first time that they were ever put those like Hawaiian printed shirt men's shirts to um, on film and stuff. So, like the, all the ones that like um, the uh, Rita Moreno's. Uh, brother whatever oh, yeah, he was yeah. wearing and stuff like he was wearing some stuff so um his name is Tom Tave I guess um, <laughs> so yeah he had some really good um he had some really great like woven shirts um with the with the with the hibiscus prints that one color like the white on the red ground and all those sort of things yeah. and then she actually had some really great like I guess island dresses and stuff so it was I thought so too really they're really cool. nicely draped and really cute and like everybody's mm-hmm. like has like these perfectly fitted strapless sarongs, you know, like Esther Williams' little outfits and stuff are really cute. They're very like a, like something Dorothy Lamar would have worn, you know, just mm-hmm, that. Totally. Um, and, and yeah, everything fits really great. Um, and then of course everybody's sporting like, well, cause the whole thing with Esther Williams' character is that she's half Polynesian. Again, here we've got right, a nerd. She's half Tahitian, <laughs> half white, of course, because her auntie is just like, like some in her fiesta. Lady. She's a ha- she's ha- half, or no? Was she no? Was she full? She was full in fiesta. She, she but, was uh, full Mexican and was fiesta. It was just it's. Just I like a, whatever. It, <laughs> Esther Williams is totally like the one. Her between her and Ann Miller, they're like you're just vague enough where we could make you maybe make you brown sometimes, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> It was this just. At least this one's not full brown. This is like burnt sienna, you know. So right, right. They're 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 either way. It's a little bit cringy at points, but I mean, I could see it. Like, I mean, she does have a little bit of a darker skin tone, probably just oh, for sure. Sun all the time as a swimmer. But um, they did definitely like you know tan her up. Um, yeah, but it her was and interesting. Howard both they had the I, same like makeup shade. <laughs> right, but I did like I did appreciate that when in the beginning of the movie he was a little bit more pasty. Yes, coming from Ohio. So yes, yeah. Um, but and I love seeing. Oh my her, god, Hazard. I mean, Hazard Endicott. Like what the <laughs> just, fuck is that guys. name? It's so bad. I think she it's even so mentioned bad. that in her book where she's yep. like, these na- what the hell was with these names? Like, what the yeah. I don't. And apparently it was based on a novel by William S. Stone, which I'm like, what mm-hmm. What was this novel? Like, it must have been. <laughs> I think it was like a travel log. So they really oh, had nothing yeah. to work with. It was just like, pretty island. Go, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. I, I met a Tahitian woman once. It's like, <laughs> okay, cool. Um uh yeah so that was um but it was one thing that also kind of fascinated me too was seeing um seeing esther williams with super long hair that she wore down consistently yeah it was like um not kind of an odd kind of a not an odd look but just a a non like non-standard look for her like she's wearing her hair down and it's just pulled away from her face and that's it but i was just like what am i like i'm not used to seeing her i'm used to seeing her in those like big braids and stuff that are like you know greased up and <laughs> yeah no exactly well that's that that's her their attempt at making her look ethnic <laughs> so or, yeah or like the islands they don't do hairstyles they just yeah. sort of like go we for leave our hair down know? yeah right. except for when she's like you know in her like whitewash dry outfits then she's got her hair up and like you know like right. pinned into these like like that solid roll of the back of her head <laughs> exactly yeah 
I mean, I just love that it was like supposed like 1950. Tahiti couldn't have been that populated, but they had like every emissary and like um, oh yeah, like you know ambassador at that party and it was just like a sea of white people i'm like where the hell do these white people come from <laughs> like good like god hollywood baby <laughs> i know right they're like oh, well, i just bust them all in on the same boat or something i was like what am i looking at um <laughs> but i just i love the story the storyline is so so kind of corny where she's just like i've been living on an island all my life and i'm just i'm bored with not doing anything and i want to go out i want to move to america and i'm like um you do realize that you live in a vacation spot like you should stay there yeah it's pretty pretty dope there so you should probably just like you know let America go. <laughs> yeah, and uh, post-World War II America, honey, it's pretty much just get in the kitchen and have babies. It's not a lot to, yeah. you know, the message is clear. You're you're doing yes. fine. Once you're again, it's enough. God, she's in these... Re- Her life was perfectly fine before the dude got there. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, the guy gets there. And he's just kind of like, well, weak-ass man, but he's a man. And so I'll just give up everything for... Uh, this happened to yeah. Neptune's daughter. Uh-huh. <sighs> It did, yeah. It sure did, yeah. Well, at least it didn't end at a wedding. No, oh, God, it did it? No, it didn't. Okay. <laughs> no, it didn't. It just ended in them... Um, it ended in, like, them living in the house... Or coming out of the house together all at once. So it didn't... didn't oh, it, okay. It alluded to them being together, but not, like, showing... But living in sin. So. The end. Okay. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> sure, whatever it takes. <laughs> just... Um, so I can run through the storyline of this movie. There's not a lot to it. Um, yes. As far as that goes. So, um, basically, because I'm going off the dome, I've been, I've been very busy, haven't had a chance to write this down. So, well, as you said, um, there's not much to it, so it should be not pr- much to quick. it. <laughs> um, so Esther Williams plays Mimi Bennett. She, like we were saying, she's like half Tahitian, half white. She lives with her wealthy auntie, um, na- um, named Kate, who's played by Mina Gombel. And, uh, they live on Tahiti and, uh, she dreams of leaving to, um, leaving the Island for America at some point. And, um, a boat, one of the cruise ships, arrive and everyone on the island is super stoked about it because apparently this doesn't happen very often um oh to live in those days when things <laughs> didn't happen on a schedule every every third day yeah. um uh so the, everybody goes to um everyone goes to the port to see them um she goes there uh Tave goes there played by Charles Mao and te, um his sister Teru goes there played by Rita Moreno and then on the boat is Hazard Endicott <laughs> <laughs> our favorite <laughs> the man with the name played by <laughs> Howard Keel he's on the boat and um he uh thinks that everybody in those boats that are all like hanging out and waving to them are all like, you know, savages. I, I yes, savage <laughs> island people who don't know how to um, do anything but like entertain white people. So he tosses a coin into the water and he's like, eh, eh, and everyone, and he's trying to get <laughs> Mimi's attention to do it. And she's just like, what? I don't want your quarter. And uh, <laughs> so then he throws another one and she's like, yeah, fuck it. I'll go for it. So she goes and gets it. And um, he's just like tickled pink about this. So then um, he gets off the boat and then it's, um, you know, traditional port, um, you know, port scene where everyone's trying to sell him stuff and everybody wants to give him a ride. And everyone's like, do you need a maid? Do you need a housekeeper of all this stuff? So he does end up getting um, a ride from a dude um, who go because he inherited a plantation. 
but when he gets there, he um, he missed he sees Esther Williams there, and he also meets. Um, Charles Mao and Rita Moreno as well. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I want to hire um, Esther Williams to be my housekeeper, you know, because that was kind of his subtle way of just saying, I'm going to guess I'm a dad's. And yeah. um, <laughs> didn't really, I mean, she's like, no, I don't. And of course, I love that she plays and like, no. she's like, oh, no, I don't speak English. And I'm we like, need more lemon pledge. <laughs> lemon pledge, exactly. <laughs> She plays. She goes into full Consuela mode. Where she's like, "No, Mister Superman, no home." That actually, and, if they had um, done that a bit more, that would have been that would have ruled that fucking movie. If it was just, all, know, it was just all them so aping funny. him. Oh my god, that would have been great. Basically. Uh, so then, uh, so he doesn't, so she's like, ah, and she's like, no, thank you. I gotta go. And then, uh, so he ends up hiring, um, Tave and t- his sister Teru to be, um, there. He's sort of like right hand people. Mm-hmm. So they, he drives to the plantation and then, um, when he gets there, he realizes that it's just kind of a one room shack and it's on a plantation that ha- carries, that carries that's, you know, has, coconuts and all this stuff and he's just like okay well I guess I'll make it work I'm from Ohio what am I gonna do with my life <laughs> so he get um he gets started um you know doing what people do when they own a plantation in, the, in Tahiti and then um he's the, he tries buying a bathtub and that goes awry because the bathtub <laughs> gets broken because they put it on the back of one woman and not carrying it like adults. Um, so then he, in order to go get ba- to go bathe, he goes down to the, he rides his bike with his hidden broken arm. And then he <laughs> goes to g- go bathe in like some lagoon or something. And then he sees Mimi again. And she plays mm-hmm. that whole, like she plays the whole, like I'm, she's like, I'm just a dumb Islander. I don't speak English. So then okay. she sees him. She like, yeah, exactly. She sees him <laughs> crash into the lagoon. And then she's like, Hey, you want your quarterback? And like tosses him at it, which was kind of a, <laughs> Like, kind of a great scene. Watch a quarterback, bitch. Bing. Yeah, she's like, oh, you you die for a quarter now, too? Okay, here you go. It was really funny. I was like, uh, treating him like he's the dumb savage. Oh, God, it was so good. Um, Yeah. So then she's like, then he's like, starts talking to her, and he's like, okay, um, what is it she's like he's like well why don't you want to work for me she's like well i work she's like i'm at this house over there and she's like he's like oh i see okay well then she's like but they're having a big party tonight you should totally come but if she's saying this all in broken english um even though she (laughs) fully is fluent in english which is kind of amazing um and then he's like okay i'll come and she's like it's a you know all this stuff so then he go. Um, he's getting ready for the party, and Tave is like helping him get ready. And he's like, "No, no, I want to go full Tahitian because I'm in Tahiti now. So, and I'm going to a Tahitian party. So he's like, I'm gonna go meet Mimi and all this stuff, and I need to look, you know, the part. And he and Tave's like, "Okay, <laughs> like have fun." <laughs> and then. Uh, he goes to the party and he's in like a little teeny, teeny, tiny <laughs> and like an open shirt and he's showing off all his goodies. Like it's really good. And then he shows up and her auntie Kate is like, she, he goes up and he's like, he's like, Hey, um, so where's Mimi at? And she's like, She's like, oh, he's she's at the party. Um, you know, she's here in the party. So why don't you come on in? And then he comes into the party, and then it's revealed behind the ga- the gate that he is l- almost <laughs> straight up balls out. 
in this tiny <laughs> and, and Kate's like well too late now I guess I have to introduce you to all my friends um, <laughs> so then she then she introduces him around and everyone's like um okay and then there's that one woman who's like hey how you doing I, <laughs> I loved the horny lady she was the best <laughs> There were some, actually, there were some pretty good moments. There just weren't enough of them, but those were pretty I good. I forgot, I forgot about that. That was, yeah, she and, was and like good. I said, this is where Howard Keel is fucking awesome because he's oh so good at being awkward. Like he's hot, but awkward. So it's good. so funny. God, it was hilarious. I just love that lady. She's like, she's like, this is Mr. Endicott. That lady's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, and then Mimi sees him and she's like, oh, snap. <laughs> so then she's like, maybe we go over here and talk out like out by the beach. <laughs> and then so they talk and things like that. And then um, they're talking and getting to know each other. And she apologizes for being like, you know, basically lying to him and all this stuff. And then um, this little kid shows up. And he's like, hey, I belong to you now because my mom is, get, my grandma is giving me to you because that's a thing in Tahiti. <laughs> so he, after, you know, he's like, fine, I guess I'll take care of you as, um, as custom that they want to make sure that no, nobody is lonely on the island and everyone has a family and that eventually they, the whole island becomes brothers, which I think is actually a really sweet sentence. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So he takes him in and he treats him, he teaches him some, you know, white man ways about, you know, <laughs> s- typing his name on a typewriter and eating cornflakes. Um, Midwestern and, shit. <laughs> yeah, you know, that sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden, um, a, bu- a couple other kids show up. <laughs> and so he takes those two kids in. So now he's up to three kids. And then um, he realizes that Atabe has been um, signing off on all these expenses and stuff like that for the for the for the uh, plantation mm-hmm. and he's like oh shit girl I got no money now I'm basically broke so Tabe is like oh no it's no problem we got this whole crop of um, crap on the island and coconuts. we're gonna coconuts that they kept calling something else but I was like okay whatever I'm just assuming it's coconuts um, so he's like, we'll just bring all that, that crop in and you'll make all the money and you'll pay back all the, um, the outstanding debts and you have money to live on. And he's like, okay. And then <laughs> so uh, he's like, well, he's like, but are you going to be able to get all this stuff in before it rains? There's like a big party tonight. And he's like, no, we'll get it in. It's no big deal. And then so Howard Keel doesn't help them do any of the pulling in the crop stuff. And he yeah. goes to the party himself with Mimi where he's falling in love with her. Um, after some, you know, there's in the meantime, they've been hanging out a little bit and, uh, he saw her swim once. So they're in love. And then, um, (laughs) he goes to this party and he sees Mimi and there's this big giant Polynesian Tahitian dance number, which is kind of cool. Seeing all those people do that dance. And then that was pretty cool. Goes out. It was really cool. It was like a luau. And, um, it was. It was pretty you know, cool. Like, to you, see all the dancers yeah. and stuff. Like, I don't know anything about that culture. And I know it's like 1950s, but it was still pretty impressive to see, like, an yeah. MGM-style dance number in, like, tiki. <laughs> right. Uh, like a, quote, traditional Tahitian dance. So, 
Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, he takes um, Mimi out to, you know, out out away from everybody so they can have romance alone. And he professes his love for them. And then he suggests that they get married. And she's like, of course, let's, let's do this. Awesome. And then they go back to the party. And then they're like, oh, my God. And then it's, uh, they're like hanging out. And it starts pouring down rain. And um, they're like, oh, snap. So they go back and they go inside. And that's where he runs into Tabe and Terry room and he's like he's like hey me and Mimi are gonna get married and he's like that's awesome um <laughs> and they're like well that's great but um by the way we didn't pull in the rest of the um the crop we just left and uh, which I found a little bit strange <laughs> but um then he gets super mad so then Andy Cat gets super mad at um Teru and Tave and he's like no you're fired and I don't want to see you ever again and then um they're both like um <laughs> both Tave and Teru are all butthurt and upset. And then Mimi's like, why are you going to do that right in front of everybody? And then she's, he's like, um, they, they basically split up right there and then and there. Um, and then he goes home and he's all sad because he's basically broke now. And then that's when he realizes he can't find any of the kids and he finds them in the barn where they, um, they managed to get all of the crops in with the help of other children. Um, so they picked up the slack for the adults because the adults are the ones that are fuck offs. (laughs) Yeah. So when in doubt, if, if you're, if you're an adult and you don't want to do it, just get your kids to do it is the moral of this story. Oh, and this then, is such a mid-century so thing. Like, uh, pretty much. <laughs> Sorry. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, I know, right. And then, um, <laughs> the next morning or the next morning, they're like, uh, Tave and Teru are like, we got to get them back together because, um, it's just, it's bad news bears and all this stuff. So then they fake out, they do a fake out where they're like, they go to Mimi and they're like, Mimi, Endicott's going on the boat the, the, today and he's leaving. And she's like, what? And he's like, but he still loves you. And they're like, and she's like, oh, snap. So then she gets ready and like rushes down to the port. And then Tave goes to um, Endicott and says, Mimi's on the boat. She's going to leave. You know that you still love her and all that stuff. And he's like, oh, no, I got to go. So then <laughs> they both run down to the port <laughs> and they both miss the boat which I don't know how they managed that timing. But then they're both like um, waving and hoping that the, um, that each other sees them and comes off the boat. But then they the boat leaves and then everyone's dispersing and then they end up to get right next to each other and they realize they're together and they hello, hug and kiss and they fall back in love <laughs> and they realize that they're in love the whole time. Cut to a final number where it's all the everybody's all together at um, Endicott's house. It's him and Mimi and the kids, and they're all like just living their best life. And then <laughs> that's the end. <laughs> How'd I do? Because that was I feel like I that was you yeah. got a lot more detail than I thought you were going to cover. That's pretty I, good. Yeah. I watched it a couple of times, so. And you actually kind of did and highlight there were some pretty funny moments in there that I kind of like. There were some pretty funny you know, moments. Like they just, I wish that they had expanded on that more because like if they had I really know. played I up wish like it was the whole, more funny. Yeah. Like I, I think if they had really like done the whole like, like his cultural appropriation and his like done that even more like expanded on that and just really like ha- like ran a long con on right. him. I think that because yeah. again, it works, it works so well with Howard Keel because he, he's such a. He comes off so pompous, 
so it's so satisfying to see him kind of like get taken down a peg because he's also endearing, you know. <laughs> he's just a dummy, yeah, you know. Yeah, kind of like how they <laughs> yeah, kind of like they how how they did him in uh, uh Kiss Me Kate where they yeah, kind of exactly. played up the fact that he was a little bit of a, you know, a, a, like a big dumb idiot, you know. Yeah. But yeah, he thought he was the smartest one in the room, you know, even though Exactly. Really yeah. You know, but uh, and and so. I yeah again you know once again Esther Williams underutilized in the acting department, but um but it was still you know it was good. Um, uh, I was I was actually gonna say I um I have one little quote from the book that I thought was really great in regards to like Esther Williams leading men, and um it's just something that she said that really stuck out to me when I was reading about this movie, and just like I'd rather you not quote the book though. Okay. No problem. I won't. I'm kidding. I'm totally okay. Kidding. Of course, okay. you can read the book. This okay. Is, yeah. It won't take long. I promise. Okay. No. <laughs> but I thought this read was it, really read pointed it because nice and slow, <laughs> in a deep or, voice, in a deep, sexy voice. I, but I, I, I'm not Karina Longworth. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how I can do this. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> and any extra noise? That's Jimmy. Okay. So it just says. Um, okay. Uh, people. Um, uh, this is when, you know, just again, going through her, like the co-star before that her on this last movie and just what a dick he was. And then it, it just says, uh, people still ask me, who was your favorite leading man? The answer I give most often is the water because the water was really my co-star. Technicolor made it so invitingly blue. And with the camera angle and the water level as I swam, audiences felt as if they were swimming right beside me. And I thought that was really cool. You know, because like, you know, again, and she just says, if the water was my true co-star, then the actors who played my love interest were often little more than the interchangeable parts. And I just right. think that's really true because um, it's really like her, the water is her. It, that is her leading man. You know, that's really. And then the, the fact that she does, um, th- there is that great effect, like when you watch her in those scenes where you, you kind of feel like you're there with her or at least you want to be mm-hmm. there with her. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I just thought that was really cool. There's some really, really great little bites in that book um, that I just think are really interesting and very profound. And that was one of them. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> it was wonderful. No. Um, I think it's interesting. She was and um, she was dubbed in this movie too. her mm-hmm. singing voice, which she normally used was dubbed by Betty Wand in this movie, which I thought mm-hmm. was interesting because um, yeah, because I almost was because I had wondered if she had sang a lot of her stuff before. So when I was reading around, it was interesting to see that she did sing a lot of her yeah. stuff, except for yeah. this movie, though, for some reason, I guess because there were bigger numbers, I guess, because she sang her own part in um, Baby, It's Cold Outside in um, mm-hmm. Neptune's Daughter. So, I mean, which is which and in uh, Take Me Out to the Ball Game, that, so. too, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, well, I think it's it's oh, almost yeah. like they they pulled like an like they did Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady. It's like she wasn't bad, but they just right. wanted something no, she wasn't different. Bad. Um, like but a, but a yeah, voice or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kathleen, did you have um, want to highlight some looks in this film that people oh, need, to start pay, need to pay attention to? I mean, there's a lot to see in this movie. Actually, like, there is a lot to see. It's it's kind of a good time capsule, actually. It, it is. It's a great little window into just that specific, like, just time and era. And because it's in Technicolor, to see so much of this that would have normally been in black and white, like that garden party scene with all those ladies, to see their their hair up close and just every all the color was really, really amazing. And just everything looks so crisp and clear. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, as I mentioned before, I really love that plaid dress that she has at the party when <laughs> she meets with Howard Keel and he's not dressed appropriately. <laughs> she looks adorable. And I love her shoes. She's got these really cute little uh, sandals that are almost like they're flats where they have like a teeny little kitten heel almost, but then they lace mm -hmm. up almost like a Roman sandal. Um, that was just a really good era. I love that silhouette of like the fit and flare, like dress or like blouse and skirt with the little flat sandal shoes. Um, it's super cute and comfortable. Um, and then also one of my favorite looks is when she's, um, she does the swimming number and she's in that amazing silver lame one piece with a little I mean, like trellis across. Yeah, uh, oh my God. Oh my God. Number. Just, and with, and she does the whole thing. And I love it. Like when you watch enough of these movies, you really do see, they have this beautiful formula with their costume where they're like, it's a, she has, she's the queen of reveals. I mean, she's yeah. just like, she comes out, she turns around, she's in a robe, either two equally dressed amazing ladies help her take the robe off or she does it herself. And then there's other amazing, equally amazing, fabulous ladies doing the same thing and slightly contrasting outfits. It's just fantastic. And then she jumps in the water and you're just, you could just watch that forever. You could just watch, it's so cool. And it's really mind blowing. And just the work that she did and um, that people did, I mean, to make movies like that um, was, it's really mind blowing. Um, but yeah, it was great. So I guess that would be my favorite. I love that Silver LeMay um, uh, bathing suit. It's really fantastic. But she's also, I love her sarong looks and her other bathing suits that she wears and her different, um, different numbers and i was wanting i didn't, couldn't like fact check it but by this point she was brokering that deal with coal of california mm -hmm. so if it may maybe not her like lemay number but definitely like the backup girls and all those other people all the swimmers would have been wearing her the coal of california swimsuits which is pretty fucking badass that like yeah. that was kind of stuff that she was doing on the slide too or like not on the slide just like it was part of the job right, um yeah yeah so what we, what about you? Do you have, what are your favorite looks? <laughs> I mean, there was um I mean, there's a lot of overlap on the looks that we have, so I mean, of course, those mm -hmm. are really good. There's also one that she wears pretty briefly while she's kind of like, you know, in the th I guess you could say like basking in the glow of love and she's laying on a she's laying on the hammock when her auntie comes up and she's like, oh, you know, yeah. talking about um ha hazard or mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, the cap or whatever they call them. And she's like in this kind of blue sarongi rappy thing and it looks really, really mm -hmm. beautiful like um she doesn't wear it for very long but it's really a pretty pretty outfit um you know special you know uh special consideration for howard keel's teeny tiny little um wrap wrap swims hey. trunks you know i mean are, they were pretty cool how they did they like the, cool. basically the shorty short trunks but the little sarong that just like covers the junk and then kind of hangs down on one leg it's actually mm -hmm. pretty cool like it's yeah. a good way to kind of like hide the bushel under a basket, but not be like too obvious about it. I don't exactly. know. Exactly. <laughs> hide, hide that bushel under it's a like, basket. It's like, it's shorty shorts, but they're classy, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. They're shorty shorts, and yet they're real short. And, um... <laughs> I also loved how um, every pair of shorts or pants that he wore were like all the way up to his rib cage. That was really fun to see, you know, just seeing he had a nice the figure back then. Like, that's yeah, that's like no plastic the surgery. Regular, like, yeah, the realness. Yes, yeah, the reality of like what like men's suits actually were. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh God. Um, Bless you. I know. Oh, God, that one snuck up on me. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, just the reality of what, like, suits look like and those sort of things, because people take mm -hmm. for granted that, like, you know, 
to have a really good fitting suit is the pant needs to be actually pretty high in order to achieve Agreed. that. Otherwise, you're just going to look sloppy. So, Also, it know. drapes nicely over so you don't see your junk. I'm just saying, I've learned, uh-huh. it's like the night, the yeah. way you do that, it, they're not slung low where you're just like, hey, here it is. You know, like yeah. it doesn't look sloppy. It, it looks nice great. Look. Yeah, oh, sorry. Nice real long butt too. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you cover that up with your sweet, amazing fitting jacket. So you just got the right. nice drape, exactly. like clean line, clean yeah. line. Exactly. Um, so yeah, those are really cool. And then um, yeah, like of course that finale number is fantastic, and that's you know, and that yeah. actually. And I think there was a deleted. Um, I was reading it. One of the deleted numbers. There's like a that's there's a longer version of that mm-hmm. with like a whole singing portion of it as well. That is in um, that's at one of the that's entertainments. So, and that's her it, voice. That's the one with her voice in that. Oh, one. is it okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Like that's really awesome. Um, so. There's, it's a, it's a cute movie. It's, I mean, it's not one you really have to like pay attention to in order to no. like get the, you know, get the, the broad strokes. The sound on it though is a little janky. Like this. Yes. And I was reading that they rushed, they had to like really kind of like rush the, um, production of it because of mm-hmm. all the delay, the rain delays they were having. I guess they, the unit director or the, 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 location scout did a really shit job about yeah like, schedule like <laughs> scheduling and finding out when the rainy season was so they were filming directly in the rainy season and like Ugh. so they had to like it was delaying production and then when they could when it did stop raining they would just like rush out and start doing scenes and so the the sound was a little bit weird so i guess the it's funny the vocal like the actual dialogue tracks are actually kind of difficult to hear like uh, it's, it's not yeah. clear their their speaking is not clear i ended up watching mm-hmm. this with subtitles on in order to like find it exactly oh. you know. and it ended up yeah. being like you know i could hear it but i i could hear it but then it also just kind of like you know, helped sort of yeah, be able yeah. to see like to be like, Oh, okay. That's what they said. Um, yeah. So anywho, um, but Rita Moreno though, I really wanted to talk about her in this film because, um, yeah. this is her first stage screen, um, her first screen credit. And, um, because I had just gone to see, um, singing in the rain today, I only just now realized she was in that movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, and she, I mean, it's just like, wait, what? Like, how did I miss I that in my entire life? Like, so, yeah. So that was interesting to see her in that as well. And I was like, holy shit. So, um, she's Living legend, a, a legend, honey. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So her playing Zelda, which was kind of a bit like a tertiary character, but her getting like full titles card screen credit on that. Was yeah. Like, I, was, I always I was remember. Like, Wait, I always never that, noticed that. Remember the crazy stalker guy that's like Zelda. Oh, Zelda. You know, so I oh, always yeah. remember from that. <laughs> God, that was the best part. <laughs> so many good moves. He's like out of his mind, like staring at her. <laughs> yeah. God, I love, there was also her and like the, the vamp character who was like, the guy Oh, I the love, oh my God, the, God. The, I've been obsessed with that dress from the yes, premiere. It's since vulgar. Day one. Oh my God. She's amazing. God, that was amazing. So, man, Jesus. Um, that's going to be a fun one podcast. One oh of man. We've been saving and savoring singing in the rain. It's been hard yes. because at one you know, and then with the passing of, uh, you know, um, Debbie Reynolds, we were just like, nope, too no. soon. We can't. We got to. Because this is it's literally one of our favorite movies of all time, as it should be. So we're just yes. 
saving it, saving it. But it gets brought up, as you can see. We're like, oh, what's this right. podcast about? Oh, looks now it's singing in the rain moment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and talk about like, I mean, and it was great. To, I mean, they, we did. I mean, there was applause after almost every musical number. So like, that, <laughs> I mean, of course, it made total sense. Um, but an, oh, another thing that I wanted to talk about too before we um, wind down on this is mm-hmm. that. Helen Rose, um, we need to podcast the film Designing Woman. Because, yes. Because Miss Helen Rose got a story by credit on that. Oh, that she, would be really cool to do she, that um, Because she apparently suggested the story to... Um, so she actually got screen credit for that movie as she suggested the story for that movie. So it's, she's actually credited as one of the writers because she actually like came up with the initial concept for the film. Which I think is kind of amazing, and then somebody else ended up being the writer, the kind, you know, the writer, uh, um, yeah, you know, credited writer on it. But she, you know, they gave her credit for coming up with the idea for that movie. So I'm like, that's nice. kind of amazing. So uh, little Miss Helen Rose doing things, doing the big things. She's well, costuming amazing. <laughs> costuming amazing movies doing oh, yeah. wedding doing wedding gowns for Iconic Grace Kelly wedding getting gowns. married to princes and then also just you know s- coming up with movie cr- um, movie premises you know when yeah you, just being you, an all around badass woman I of know. the mid century for her really yep. I mean so that's I'd love I would love to see if she had if there was more information about her process on this movie but it does this one's kind of got it's. I mean, this one's got very little information out there mm-hmm. as far as the. Um, it's just kind of firsthand information from like West or herself, but not a lot. Yeah. This one kind of gets lost in the, you know, in the, the ether as it were. But you know, I know. But and it's, it's it, nice she to see had... something in the summer. You know, it's a nice. Oh summer movie, yeah, you know? for sure. Well, and that's. I mean, I. I yeah, this was a movie. It was. Yeah, this was. A, I'm glad we. I'm glad we did this movie. Like I said, it's not. I think even in just looking at the reviews, it's not considered one of Esther Williams' like finest movies. But I do think no. it's really interesting. And there's so she did a lot of films, and I thought yeah. it was really like we wanted to kind of um, just do different ones that had really interesting stories behind them, or course, um, yeah. you know, a, a costuming elements and just things that were unusual. Um, because and each one is amazing. I mean, you're just like, oh my god, pick one. Um, because uh, and so many of the things that she talks about. I love reading about all the different swimsuits that they designed and she kept trying to wear in different movies and how like some of them, (laughs) like when she was doing Duchess of Idaho, they literally made her a flannel one piece and she almost drowned. It was so heavy by the time she was swimming in it. It just, it just, she sank in it. And there's this really hilarious story. She literally had to take it off. Like she was like naked in a pool and like had to get one of her costumes over. She's like, I, I had to take it off. And they're like, there's a bunch of people watching you film. Like a bunch of tourists are here because they were at Mackinac Island. And, oh, God. <laughs> and she ended up, I love it because the story is like, she ended up having the, um, like, because she's like right at the edge of the pool. So people can't really, they just can see her head, but she's got to get out of the pool in front of all these people. So she just had her, she had her assistant bring her a big towel and they like with a hole cut in the middle. And she just, she just dropped the towel over her head and it just like on top of the water. And so she was able to walk up out of the water and like hold the sides and just everybody's like, Oh yay, look, it's Esther Williams. Oh, look at her little outfit. It's so cute. (laughs) And she's like, I'm naked and just like kind of shimmies off to the side. And I'm like, I love those stories. (laughs) Oh my God. 
there's a lot of really great wardrobe stories in the Million Dollar Mermaid of just ups and downs <laughs> with her <laughs> with uh, doing stuff like that is so fascinating because I'm sure this is the kind of stuff that goes on today where, you know, being kind of having to be think fast when things don't work and yeah. uh, come up with stuff on the fly and being willing to just roll with it. And man, she's a champ. Like some of the stuff that she had to do is just like, yep, you just did it. Um, yeah. It's just so many man. close calls for her. Yeah. So many. Yeah. I mean, she and she really was her own at some point. And like she talks about like she became her own stunt woman. Yeah. And um, the fact that MGM literally had no problem like putting her life on the line just blows my mind. No, no stand in, no stunt woman, nothing, you know. <laughs> anyway, but um, and looking pretty doing it. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, what more is there to say about this film? So, you know. Yeah. Um, with that, we'll go ahead and sign off get out of your hair as it were. So, um, thank you everybody for listening. We want to, um, you know, keep in touch, please over on social media, um, old Hollywood realness on Facebook, OHR podcast on Twitter and old Hollywood realness on Instagram, you know, the, all the usual places. Um, we would love it if you could join the um, Facebook group and talk to other friends on the, of the podcast. So it's called OHR podcast darlings. And, um, they're, you know, people are doing some stuff over there. So, you know, talking to each other, which is great. Um, and uh, it would be really awesome if you could give us a five-star rating over on um, iTunes as well. And if you have some time to write a review, just like Meg112184 did. <laughs> Uh, love their friendship, commentary, passion, and knowledge. Five stars. These two are so enjoyable to listen to. I love their friendship and commentary. They're very well researched. And their passion and excitement is palpable while discussing their knowledge on Hollywood glamour, fashion, and history. Five stars. Oh two gosh. exclamation points. Our people. <laughs> so much, so Meg. Much. That was so wonderful. That's so nice. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, and in fact, we are friends in real life, if you can believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Despite despite our constant bickering, oh, I, uh, despite our adversarial stance we take every Demeanor. every episode. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, if like bring up that movie one more time. If we had a dollar for every time we had to throw our head back and laugh in the other direction, it's like yeah, it's just <laughs> my god. Um, well, but uh, with that, I want to thank you for listening. And um, yes, thank you. thanks for listening to OHR. Bye. Beep boop, test, test, beep boop, boop boop, beep boop. <laughs>